The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi there. Good Tuesday morning. New storms causing new problems. Yeah, tens of millions back on alert this morning. It is February the 20th. Good morning. This is Today. Torrential downpour, another day of heavy rain out west. One airport forced to close nearly the entire state of California, now under flood alerts. Every single night I wake up wondering, is the mud going to come down again into the house again? So what will that storm bring as it moves east? Out, we'll have our full forecast. On the attack, Nikki Haley going after Donald Trump in the wake of that mysterious death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. I don't know why he keeps getting weak in the knees when it comes to Russia. Where the presidential race stands with the primary just days away. Major merger, Capital One set to buy Discover, a $35 billion deal combining two of the nation's largest credit card companies and leaving customers with even fewer options. What it means for your wallet just ahead. Show of support. Kansas City and Chiefs Kingdom, we love you guys. We're with you guys. The Kelsey brothers speaking out for the first time since that mass shooting at the Super Bowl victory party. What they're doing to help the survivors. Those stories plus in stitches. As spring training kicks off, Major League Baseball's New Jerseys are striking out. This morning, a closer look at why they are not a hit with players and fans. And wild finish. Chaos in the last laps of the Daytona 500. Not one, but two major pileups ending in an historic victory for one of NASCAR's rising stars. Today, Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Good to see you. Welcome to today. It's a Tuesday morning. Happy you're with us after a long weekend. Yeah, nice to have you along with us. We have a lot to get to. Our top story, that severe weather affecting millions of Americans. Yeah, look at this. Here's the scene in California this morning. Heavy rain is bringing floods, mudslides, even tornado warnings that, to a region that is already saturated. 35 million under flood watches again today. The heaviest rain and highest risk in the southern part of the state. That, of course, including Los Angeles. Two rounds of heavy rain are expected to hit the region. And consider this. L.A. is fast approaching its annual average rainfall amount. And this is just the 51st day of the year. Wow, we got it all covered, including Al's full forecast. But we'll start out in L.A. with NBC's Liz Kreutz. Hey, Liz, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning to you. Yeah, it is raining down on us here right now. And you guys mentioned it just for perspective. Los Angeles has seen 75 percent of its average annual rainfall just this month of February, the month not even over yet. And that heavy rainfall is leading to major infrastructure issues across the state. I'm in the Hollywood Hills outside the famous Mulholland Drive. A part of this major roadway is now closed after it caved in from a massive landslide. 
Another blast of wet winter weather threatening California homes, roads, and lives. The storm sending torrents of water and mud rushing down hillsides and closing major thoroughfares across the state. What's been the impact of storm after storm after storm the past few weeks? What we're seeing is that the ground is saturated. There's a lot of water coming off the hillside and the watershed areas. Officials say many drivers underestimate the force of moving water, leading to trapped and submerged vehicles near Sacramento and in Santa Barbara County, where the local airport was closed from flooding. The picturesque Refugio State Park also now closed to the public after these once majestic palm trees came crashing down. The soil is so saturated, officials say many of these trees are now at risk of collapsing, like these 100-year-old trees just uprooted, collapsed into the ocean. In Sonoma County, vineyards and roadways flooded as the atmospheric river continues to wreak havoc across the state. In Los Angeles, hit hard by mudslides just two weeks ago, residents fear the worst. Every single night I wake up wondering, is the mud going to come down again into the house again? The historic Wayfarers Chapel in Palos Verdes closed indefinitely due to extensive land movement. And part of the famed Mahalan Drive still closed from a landslide at risk of falling. While in Orange County, officials are continuing to monitor these multi-million dollar cliffside homes, with more rain still on the horizon. And you saw those dramatic images of the landslide here at Mahalan Drive. It is just indicative of how powerful these storms, these back-to-back storms have been here in California. And even as the conditions here start to ease up, the worst of this storm seems to be moving through. Officials are still warning about the risks of more mudslides, more landslides in the coming days. Hoda? That's unrelenting. All right, Liz Kreutz. Liz, thank you. All right, Al's got his eye on the storm and where they're headed. That's right, guys. Good morning. This plume of moisture extends 2,100 miles from the Pacific into Southern California. And the rain is just going to keep coming. As you just heard from Liz, it's going to be for at least another 24 hours. We have flood alerts, flood watches, flood warnings, 35 million people, almost the entire coastline of California and about 300 miles inland as well. We really have the, the severest risk of flooding from Los Angeles, Desert Hot Springs, Temecula, even down into San Diego. We could be seeing rainfall rates of up to one inch per hour as this system continues to drench the area. That renewed risk of flash flooding and mudslides will continue right through tomorrow. Heavy snow will start to develop into the Great Basin and the Rockies as well. The heaviest rain going to really be concentrated from Santa Barbara all the way down to San Diego. Another one to three inches of rain. And as you get into the Rockies, another six to 12 inches of snow in some of the higher elevations. So guys, another at least 24 hours of heavy rain. But those mudslides and those landslides are going to really exist, the threat of that, right on into next week. Wow. Mm. All right. Al, thank you so much. We'll check back with you in a bit. Let's go to the presidential race now. Four days to go until the next Republican primary in South Carolina. Nikki Haley, she is sharpening her attacks, hammering Donald Trump over his first public comments on the death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. NBC's Garrett Haig joins us now. He's got the latest there. Hey, Garrett, good morning. Hey, Hoda. Good morning to you. And with time running short before voters in her home state weigh in, Haley is blasting her former boss on Russia, saying he's weak in the knees when it comes to Putin. All as she tries to make the case that Donald Trump cannot win a general election rematch with President Biden. 
With four days to go until the South Carolina GOP primary, Nikki Haley's fighting an uphill battle against former President Trump on her home turf, arguing Republicans will be doomed in November if they hand Mr. Trump the party's nomination. Donald Trump can't win. Everything he touches, we lose. How many more times do we have to lose before we say maybe he's the problem? Haley is seizing on Mr. Trump's first public comments about the death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. I don't know why he keeps getting weak in the knees when it comes to Russia. With the former president on his social media site comparing Navalny's sudden death to his own legal problems. And making no mention of Russian President Vladimir Putin, who Western leaders are widely blaming for Navalny's death in Russian custody. Also in the spotlight, Mr. Trump's recent remarks that he would encourage Russia to attack NATO allies unwilling to meet defense spending goals. I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. Haley slamming those comments. He sided with a dictator who kills his political opponents. Echoed by President Biden's campaign in a new digital ad targeting some 900,000 Michigan voters with roots in NATO border states. Voters like Andy Ledeck, a U.S. Army veteran who immigrated from Poland as a child and finds Mr. Trump's NATO remarks disqualifying. I was appalled. For someone like a former president of the United States uh, to say something like that is, is beyond the pale. But the action today in the Republican primary is all in South Carolina, where former President Trump holds a fundraiser at a town hall and Haley is giving what her campaign is billing as a major speech on the state of the race. That speech coming as polls show her trailing Trump badly there ahead of Saturday's primary. Hoda. All right, Garrett Hake for us there in D.C. Garrett, thank you. There are new developments in the case against Hunter Biden. The informant charged last week with lying to the FBI is set to appear in federal court in Las Vegas today. The 37-page indictment alleges Alexander Smirnoff provided false derogatory information to the FBI about the president and his son, Hunter. The DOJ says Smirnoff lied to the FBI about financial ties between the two men and a Ukrainian energy company. A source familiar with the matter told NBC News that Hunter Biden does not know Smirnoff. If convicted, he faces up to 25 years in prison. In the meantime, House Republicans are promising to push forward with their investigation into the president and his son. Meantime, there is more fallout on the world stage over the death of Vladimir Putin's most vocal critic. New protests erupting in Alexei Navalny's widow. She's now speaking out, vowing to carry on her husband's legacy. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel is in Ukraine. He's got that story for us. Hey, Richard, good morning. Good morning, Hoda. And now we are hearing a direct response from Vladimir Putin's spokesman to those comments from uh, Alexei Navalny's widow, specifically her allegation that her late husband was assassinated by the Kremlin. Putin's spokesman called that charge unfounded and, quote, obnoxious. Accusations are growing this morning about the death in prison last week of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. President Biden has said President Putin is responsible for Navalny's death and says the U.S. may impose more penalties on Russia. We're considering additional sanctions, yes. Navalny's widow, Yulia, accused Russian officials of keeping his body and preventing his mother from seeing it to give time for traces of poison to disappear, adding, we will find out how exactly this crime was carried out. 
Navalny's allies in the Russian opposition working to uncover more are already releasing their own narrative about Russia's actions. A human rights group says Russian intelligence officers visited the prison two days before Navalny's death to disconnect cameras and listing devices, and that a medical examiner was instructed to list bruises on Navalny's body as coming after death. The Russian opposition newspaper Novaya Gazeta Europe reports that prisoners were locked in their cells the night before Navalny died, followed by a surprise inspection the next morning. NBC News cannot confirm those allegations, which were attributed to anonymous sources. Across the border, Ukraine's President Zelensky visited the front line and urgently called for more weapons to stop Russia's advance in eastern Ukraine. Much of the East now looks right out of World War II, with Ukrainian villages smashed by Russian artillery and largely abandoned, except for military vehicles and troops. At one of the only schools we found still operating, 10-year-old Daria told us she's hearing more explosions now than before. Are the Russians getting closer? When I go outside, I hear the explosions are coming closer. So it means they are coming closer and closer, she says. And Russian troops are advancing, and Ukrainian commanders out here in the east tell us if more weapons and ammunition don't arrive soon, specifically from the United States, where they continue to be held up by Congress, they won't be able to stop this Russian advance. Hoda. All right, Richard Engel for us there in Ukraine. Richard, thank you. More to get to this morning, including today's start of a make-or-break hearing in Julian Assange's long-running legal saga. Lawyers for the embattled founder of WikiLeaks launching what could be his final bid to avoid extradition to the U.S. on espionage charges. NBC's chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, joins us from London this morning. So, Keir, what's at stake here? Well, Savannah, nothing less than free speech, according to the people outside court here. As you can see, hundreds of protesters outside the historic high court here uh, in London holding banners saying free uh, Julian Assange. Inside court, Savannah, incredible claims of a CIA plot against Julian Assange and his legal team arguing that what he was doing was pursuing journalism and that this would be a politically motivated extradition. Julian Assange, not in court. His team say he is too sick to appear. His story, extraordinary, beginning, of course, with that release of that classified information that changed many people's view of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, then seven years holed up in the Ecuadorian embassy here in London, and then almost five years in a high-security prison. Savannah, in that time, he's had two children and got married. The U.S. government says that he should be extradited because what he did was risk lives and that he used illegal hacking, not responsible journalism, the government, the U.S. government says. And care any idea when the court might rule on this? Well, the U.S. gets a chance to make its case tomorrow, Savannah. The argument here, and you'll understand this well, of course, from your legal background, the argument here is about whether he has the right to appeal at all, whether he has a case uh, that should be heard. If the court turns him down, he does have some other legal avenues, but his extradition could come uh, pretty quickly. Uh, Savannah, his wife, who is here, says he is so sick, she fears that he could die if he is extradited to a prison in the U.S. Mm. Keir Simmons on a key day there in London. Thank you, Keir.
Let's move now to a major bank deal that's turning heads on Wall Street and in Washington. So Capital One announcing yesterday it will buy Discover for $35 billion. It's a deal that would bring together two of the nation's largest credit card companies. So under the terms of the all-stock transaction, Discover shareholders will receive Capital One shares valued at nearly $140. But it is unclear whether the deal will pass regulatory scrutiny. Consumer groups are expected to put heavy pressure on the Biden administration to make sure that that deal is good for consumers as well as shareholders. The merger would form the sixth largest bank in the United States. All right. Quarter after, let's turn back to the weather. And Al, what you got your eye on over there? Well, it's kind of chilly for our friends down in the southeast. Frost advisories, freeze warnings from about for about a million people stretching from central Georgia all the way down into central Florida right now. 29 degrees in Albany, Savannah 36, Daytona Beach 42, Cross City 30 degrees, Orlando, or rather chilly, 46 degrees. Temperatures will struggle to get a little back to normal as we get into the day today. Uh, Northeast chill continuing for us. We're looking at plenty of sunshine from the plains all the way down into Texas with more warmth. We're going to look at that coming up in the next half hour and, of course, more flooding back through Southern California. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Still to come this morning, Travis Kelsey and his brother using their platform and popularity to support victims of the Super Bowl parade shooting. Kaylee Hartung's got the story this morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Travis and Jason Kelsey say that they have built a beautiful community with their very popular podcast. And now as donations are pouring in to help the victims and the families involved in that shooting, Coming up, we'll tell you how the brothers are encouraging others to help, too. All right, Kaylee, thank you. Plus, a new debate tied to those wildly popular weight loss drugs. So how young is too young to start using them? We'll take a closer look at that growing debate and what all parents need to know. But first, this is Today on NBC. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A lot of drama at the racetrack. William Byron, yes, wins his first ever Daytona 500. The final lap run under caution after that big crash with just one lap to go. It took a minute to clear it all up. Ultimately, however, officials determined that, yes, Byron was the big winner. 
Congratulations. Yeah, Very morning, cool. everybody. What Chanel here is Craig Chanel Jones. Good morning. How are you? First up in this half hour, a touching show of support for the Kansas City community following that mass shooting at the Chiefs Victory Parade. In a new post, Travis Kelsey and his brother are speaking out, pledging their support to the victims and asking others to do the same. NBC's Kaylee Hartung is here in studio with more on all this. Hey, Kaylee, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. A day of celebration last week turned to devastation, and we have seen an outpouring of support for the victims. Now the Kelsey brothers are adding their voices with a commitment to help the community heal. Kansas City and Chiefs Kingdom, we love you guys. We're with you guys. Chiefs star Travis Kelsey and his brother Jason speaking out in the wake of the deadly Super Bowl parade shooting. Our hearts go out to all of the victims, their families, Chiefs Kingdom. The brothers thanking first responders and expressing their heartfelt appreciation for all who've stepped up to support the victims. One of the things that's evident is how much Kansas City is coming together and rallying around the people that have been affected by this. As approximately a million people crowded downtown Kansas City last Wednesday to celebrate the Chiefs' back-to-back Super Bowl victory, chaos ensued as gunshots rang out. Two unidentified juveniles have been charged in connection with the shooting that killed Lisa Lopez-Galvin, a 43-year-old mother of two. Her family receiving a $100,000 donation from Travis's girlfriend, Taylor Swift. The pop star leaving a personal message on their online fundraiser, writing, sending my deepest sympathies and condolences in the wake of your devastating loss. Authorities say at least 22 others were injured. Among them, the 8- and 10-year-old Reyes sisters, who were both shot in the leg. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes and his wife Brittany visiting the girls in the hospital as Travis's charity contributed $100,000 to help cover their medical bills. The Chiefs also launching an emergency response fund that's now raised over $660,000 with significant help from the team's owners, the Hunt family, the NFL and Mahomes Foundation. With donations still pouring in, the Kelsey brothers vowing their continued support to the community and encouraging listeners of their popular New Heights podcast to join the Chiefs' efforts. Your donation goes to supporting victims and their families, um, violence prevention, and uh, mental health services, and the first responders. Clearly, so many people want to help. They've already raised about $700,000 there. So what else do they have planned, Kaylee? Yeah, so with those efforts that you just heard Travis outline in mind, this Chiefs Emergency Response Fund is asking the community to turn its outrage into action. And Mm -hmm. Chiefs fans so proudly wear their colors, Mm -hmm. the red and gold, and now they have a really meaningful way to show that support. They've just launched the sale of this Mm T-shirt that you see here with all proceeds going to the Kansas City Strong Fund as they are. And you can learn more at today.com about how to help. Cool. All right, Kaylee, thank you so much. All right, coming up, new details on that mysterious dorm room shooting in Colorado. What we're learning about the student who was just arrested and his connection to the victims. And then they're wildly popular among adults, but should teenagers be taking those weight loss drugs like Ozempic? Vicki Wynn with the story this morning. Hey, good morning, ladies. We've heard a lot about these drugs used to help people lose weight, but are they safe and effective for young people? And what are the effects long-term? We dive into the weight debate. That's next right here on Today. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.
Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. We're back 737 this morning on In-Depth Today. The growing popularity of drugs for weight loss and their potential impact in the fight against childhood obesity. Mm-hmm. A lot of adults are taking them now, but how safe are they for younger patients? NBC's Vicki Wynn is here with more on that. Hey, Vicki. Hi, good morning, ladies. Well, we talk with obesity experts who work with children. They say these meds can be used preventatively in young people. The idea is really to knock out obesity before it leads to other health conditions like heart disease. They say these medicines could help raise a general of children who are healthier, not just physically, but mentally, too. Drugs for weight loss now being prescribed to kids as young as 12. Obesity affects 15 million kids and teens in America. And last year, at least 4,000 prescriptions of semaglutide, the active ingredient in Ozempic and Wagovi, were dispensed to patients ages 12 to 17. That number expected to grow. I gained 20 pounds that summer. 16-year-old Demi Buckley never thought about her weight until she hit puberty. The constant reminders of her size came from school and even friends. Anytime I would go over to her house, like, she would make me weigh myself and she would constantly compare our sizes. This was a friend? Yeah, and that I should go on a diet, which was four chicken nuggets a day. Her mom, Dina, knows firsthand what it's like to wage war with her weight. She underwent bariatric surgery 20 years ago. Even though I lost you know, over 100 pounds, I still struggled up here with the food issues. Dina started weekly injections of Manjaro last year. It shut it off completely up here. I'm not thinking about the food. What convinced you that this would help your daughter? Well, what convinced me was I've lost 133 pounds. Put it right in my stomach right there. Okay. Demi lost 58 pounds after starting Wagovi a year ago. The drug suppresses appetite. And what do you think? About the medicine? Yeah, like uh, the medicine and what it's done for your confidence and your self-esteem. I've always been like dependent on antidepressants and being on this medicine, I feel like I don't need to be on antidepressants. Now that I'm confident in my, my body and like I can be confident in my mind. And what are the other treatments available? Dr. Amanda Velasquez is the director of obesity medicine at Cedar sinai Medical Center. And she's a paid consultant for weight loss drug makers Novo Nordisk and Eli Lilly. When a patient and their parent come to you and say, how does this work on an adolescent body? What do you say? There's a lot of mechanisms that it works through. Besides appetite suppression, it also is working to change the way that your brain and your gut interact. Velasquez says data on these drugs in adolescence dates back roughly 10 years. She believes using them early to treat obesity means lower rates of diabetes, high blood pressure and heart disease later. But there are possible side effects like nausea, vomiting and abdominal pain. Researchers at UC Irvine say they're worried these drugs might result in kids under-eating and not getting enough calories for growth and development, and abuse of these drugs for those with eating disorders or in sports like wrestling and gymnastics. Do you worry at all 10, 20, 30 years from now we'll look back and think this was a mistake? I honestly, with the promising research, I, I don't see that for coming. In a statement, Wagovi's maker Novo Nordisk says its studies found their medicines did not appear to affect growth, adding the decision to prescribe an anti-obesity medication is at the discretion of the physician. 
This is beautiful. Demi says she's reached her goal weight and she's looking forward to prom this spring. I don't think you have to look a certain way, but if it's going to make you feel better, then do it. Now, as for whether kids are covered by insurance for these drugs, it depends on your plan and what your child is diagnosed with. Typically, if it's type 1 diabetes, insurance will cover it. If it's for obesity, you may need your doctor to make the case to your insurance company. Without insurance, these meds run about $1,000 a month. 1000 a month. I'm sure there are some parents who are wondering if perhaps they could do it just for the short term to give their child a boost and not necessarily, you know, for the rest of their lives. Yeah, it's a great question. Dr. Velasquez says she's asked it all the time. It's a little bit of a mix reaction. She's been working with kids for 10 years. She says that's not how it works. When you start at 12, you go on at long term as though you were taking medication for anything else like diabetes. Other doctors are wondering if you get to the goal weight and perhaps you can taper off. That's actually what Demi's going to try to do. They're going to monitor her. If the weight starts coming back on, she'll go back on the medicine. I think it's interesting that you went into this kind of skeptically, like there's Very. no way that teens are going to be, should be on this. And by the time you were finished, you actually saw the other side of that coin. The idea that who you are when you're young could change and the way that you see yourself, as we heard from these kids, it's not just that physical transformation. It's really mental health. It's how you feel about who you are in the body that you are. And this isn't a magic bullet. This is in conjunction with eating well, in conjunction with exercising, which these kids were doing before the medicine. Right. Interesting. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. 742. Let's go over to Mr. Roker. Check the weather. Hey, Al. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning to you. And look at us. A lot of warm weather from the Gulf all the way up into the plains. Chicago today, 20 degrees above average with a high of 57. Amarillo, 20 degrees warmer. It's 77 degrees. Cincinnati, you're at double nickels. That's nine degrees above average. Tomorrow, that warmth spreads to the east. Buffalo, near 50 degrees. Lexington, 62. Shreveport, looking at temperatures 12 degrees above average at 76. However, as we get toward the weekend, we're going to see those temperatures start to taper off. But nice while it lasts. Saturday, Chicago, you're at 39. Same in Pittsburgh. Philly, you're down to 41. Nashville drops down to 60 degrees by Saturday. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al. Thanks. Uh, coming up next, early talk of spring training. Newly designed jerseys that are really striking out with players and fans. What is behind the complaints and what happens next? We'll have that coming up after this. We're back with Carson. And, Carson, we got a big headline out of spring training. Good morning, guys. Mm -hmm. Good to see everybody. That's right. Baseball is back with players sporting new redesigned jerseys. The problem, like so many things these days, some people think they're great. Others are complaining about their quality and their fit. NBC Sam Brock is down in Miami in the middle of it all. Sam, walk (laughs) us through it. Carson, good morning, guys. Good morning. Look, anytime you're talking about changes in sports, there's typically going to be pushback. These new MLB jerseys certainly are no exception with rumblings from some players who just aren't used to the design and the fabric, guys. So what is the reality for these jerseys that cost hundreds of dollars? You be the judge. With spring training in full swing, baseball's not only buzzing about megastar Shohei Otani switching jerseys to join the Los Angeles Dodgers, But they're also talking about his actual jersey after the league debuted a new fabric and technology. Somehow this feels even more authentic than the ones that we've been wearing. Some players, like Otani's Dodgers teammate Jason Hayward, speaking up as negative comments surfaced about the new apparel. 
from The Athletic, reporting an Angels outfielder saying they look like a replica to the Baltimore banner, quoting an Orioles veteran who said, I think that the performance wear might feel nice, but the look of it is like a knockoff jersey from TJ Maxx. This tweet claiming to show the difference in stitching and lettering between old and new Mariners jerseys. Baseball's commissioner, though, brushing back the criticism. They're designed to be performance wear as opposed to what has traditionally been worn, so they are going to be different, but they have been tested more extensively than any jersey in any sport. While this might feel like something out of a Seinfeld satire, Nike has been developing the Nike Vapor Premier for more than a half decade, and Fanatics manufactures it. While both companies did not provide NBC News with a formal statement, Nike does say the new fabric provides 25% more stretch, allows the jersey to dry 28% faster, and that they even body scanned more than 300 players to get the right fit. I think the players will will see the amount of thought and care that's been put into this, and when it fits really well on a hot day in Kansas City in August. And indeed, some of the sport's biggest names gave largely rave reviews of the jerseys first debuted at last year's All-Star Game. But with the duds costing two, three, or even $400, we wanted to know if fans noticed the changes. Yeah, there's a difference. Do you like the way one looks more than the other? Mm, to me, they look the same. No comment. And so some of the concerns here, guys, are sheerly aesthetic. Just the idea that the letters look compressed or not sized properly. As it was explained to me, it's difficult to have weighty stitching or emblems if you have a thinner fabric here. And the conversations are ongoing to this day with managers and players at spring training. To my understanding, there will not be any input, though, from George Costanza. But we'll have to see. Back Uh to you. Wow. Well, if your favorite player is performing better in the New Jersey, you're more likely to buy the New Jersey. (laughs) And the players seem to like it, so we'll see. Guys, come up. By the way, thanks to Sam Brock in Miami for the Jersey story, too. Appreciate (laughs) you. We are talking about the very best picture Oscar winners of the last quarter century. Rolling Stone weighing in and breaking it all down. We'll have a full comprehensive report on Popstart on the way. 